to New World next week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. What's your trustworthiness score? We've got that story plus gardening in your own yard. But first, you do not have permission for war with Iran. Senator Rand Paul on Wednesday, actually today, as I'm taping this, April 10th, 2019, Senator Rand Paul on Wednesday warned the Trump administration not to go to war with Iran, at least not without getting permission from Congress first. He asked Pompeo, you know, the former, I, I, I find his, his rise has been quite meteoric. He goes from being essentially a congressman in Kansas, helping Monsanto write the Denying Americans the Right to Know Act. And then what do you know? He's heading the CIA and now Secretary of State. It's been quite the rocket ride for Pompeo. Paul asked Pompeo if the 2001 authorization for use of military force, which allowed for U.S. troops to fight entities responsible for 9-11, is see if that included Iran. Pompeo, of course, declined to directly answer the question, saying he'd defer to the lawyers, of course, because that's how war is waged, but stated that there's no, there's no doubt a connection between the Iranian government and al-Qaeda, the terrorist group behind the 2001 attacks. You do not have the permission of Congress to go to war with Iran, Paul responded, while chiding Pompeo for trying to deflect the question, only Congress can declare war. Pompeo was testifying before the Republican-controlled committee, a session that came the same week President Donald Trump designated Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist organization, prompting concerns about future clashes between U.S. and Iranian-backed forces. See, this is kind of the story that's been building for quite some time here with the old Trump train. And I've got a slew of stories that kind of all go together here and, and, and tell, tell one, one part of the story here in segment one. Netanyahu says Trump named Iran's Revolutionary Guard a terrorist group at his request. Thank you, my dear friend, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, for having decided to designate Iran's Revolutionary Guards as a terrorist organization. Netanyahu tweeted in Hebrew on Monday, thank you for responding to another of my important requests, which serves the interests of our countries and countries of the region. His English language tweet, meanwhile, left out the part where he takes credit for getting Trump to list Iran's Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist organization. So we'll include a couple of articles about that from the LA Times and the New York Times, all those great Times organizations. And an interesting thing, if you read it from the Middle East Monitor a day or so ago, you would see exit polls, Netanyahu losing Israeli election. But hey, what do you know? He wins it. Just It's a squeaker right at the end. And so what do you see on the Trump Train's Twitter account? Trump flags wave being waved at the BB Netanyahu victory celebration last night. And I will remind you of our New World Next Week cover story, December 7th, 2017. Trump makes Israel great again. So, James, we have been here before and we are here again. War drums, essentially, at the behest of Israel. If you joke tonight, and I feel like I've maybe only made this joke, you know, with hindsight, although we covered the stories that, oh, Obama's, he, he's really tough. He, he's really sticking it to Israel. If we joked during the Obama years of like, geez, if this is what being tough with Israel looks like, I'd hate to see explicit support for it. And I think, indeed, we are now seeing it. James? That's it. Make Israel great again. And uh, the worst part about it is that, uh, of course, Every four to eight years, the, the coin flips and suddenly the left pretends to be against war and the right pretends to be for war or whatever it is, just whatever their candidate is saying. And I'm sure by 2020, the uh, QAnon MAGA hat wearing 
followers are going to be all in line for the war against Iran or whatever um, God Emperor Trump declares. Um, which, <laughs> again, if you think that's exaggeration, you should see the latest things about QAnon saying that Trump's putting in the good 5G network, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> Just whatever happens, it's part of the plan and it's good. Yay. Um, so that's sad enough. But in fact, in this particular cycle, it's not even the left pretending to be against war for uh, the time that their rival is in power. They're for war. They want more war. They, they're they saying, yeah, you gotta stick it to Putin and you gotta take it to Russia's borders and all this. So it's, it's getting worse. If that was even possible, it's getting worse. And it, with the with the uh, Rand Pompei, Pompe, Pompeo, <laughs> I always confuse him with that uh, great natural disaster. But anyway, <laughs> uh, with that Rand Pompeo story, you want to say, yeah, right, or at least writer, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess at least, at the very least, there should be an actual declaration of war from the U.S. Congress. You know, the way it's supposed to work constitutionally and all of that. Of course, we all know that the last time the United States actually formally declared war was 1942 against Bulgaria, Hungary, and whatever Axis allies, Axis powers. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, there has been no declaration of war for going on the better part of a century now, at least the two-thirds of a century. Uh, what would that even look like in the current context? And can we even delude ourselves into thinking that Congress couldn't be railroaded into another authorization for use of military force, you know, Iraq war style, um, post 9-11, post whatever, whatever phony event is ginned up. Do you think Congress could be railroaded into voting to give God Emperor Trump whatever power he wants? Of course it could happen again. That is how this system works. So, I don't know. I mean, yes, there should at least be a congressional approval, right? But it doesn't seem like that's really the base of what we're, we should be aiming for here. Well, you know, it was <laughs> as as we both talked about a lot of times. You don't you don't wake up one day and go, oh, I'm awake, I'm radicalized, I see all of it, all the scales have fallen from my eyes. It was a change. It's a slow realization. I even know that back in you know my my school days, this was when Gulf War One was essentially kicking off, and that was when I stopped standing for the Pledge of Allegiance, and that was one of those first real moments where it was like. Oh, man, this super pisses off all the teachers at school. And they also know that there's nothing they can do about it. This was also pre-Columbine, pre-9-11. I think our public school lives are very, very different from what people experience now. But it's those little steps along the way when you realize, hey, you guys don't even follow the rules of your game that you've set up. And you just you slowly lose any faith and trust and belief in the holy religion of the state. James, I think that's a pretty barn burn in there. Segment one of Neural Next Week, episode 371. We will move quickly to story number two here, as we're all being judged by secret trustworthiness score. Nearly everything we buy, how we buy, and where we're buying from is secretly fed into AI-powered verification services that help companies guard against credit card and other forms of fraud, according to a, a paywalled article from the Wall Street Journal. But thanks to Zero Hedge, in this case, we can get behind that wall a little bit. More than 16,000 signals are analyzed by a service called 
SIFT, S-I-F-T, which generates a SIFT score ranging from 1 to 100. Scores used to flag devices, credit cards, and accounts that a vendor may want to block based on a person or entity's overall trustworthiness score. This according to a company spokesperson from the SIFT website, quote, each time we get an event, be it a page view or an API event, we extract features related to those events and compute the SIFT score. These features are then weighed based on fraud we've seen both on your site and within our global network and determine a user score. There are features that can negatively impact a score as well as ones that which, which have a positive impact. The system is similar to a credit score. This is, we're, we're done with the uh, company press release here. The system is similar to a credit score, except there's no way to find out your own SIFT score. James, I feel like we say this a lot anymore nearing a decade of doing this, although I got nothing when I searched trustworthiness into my search on MediaMonarchy.com, but haven't we covered this story before? Yes, yes we have, in various permutations, and we have been talking about uh, the Chinese social credit score system, uh, I want to say since 2015, maybe even 2014 was when I first reported on it. Anyway, uh, we've been talking about it for years and years, watching it coming. And uh, every single time we ever talk about it, there will be someone, hey, it's just like Black Mirror. It's like that Black Mirror episode. Have you seen Black Mirror? It's Black Mirror. <laughs> Predictive programming doesn't work on me. That's a load of rich creamery butter. Um, yeah, but it, it, so this is this is a story that we've seen and talked about in the Chinese context and Chinese social credit score over and over and over. And the point is that aspect of it is even being reported in the mainstream in the West. Um, ABC in Australia had a, a really big report last late last year about the you know the, the system that's coming into China and there's been various reports like that that are that are good I mean they actually provide some some window into the nightmarish dystopia that's taking place in China but of course the context of that those stories are that's the Chicoms of course you know I mean of course it's a you know those evil commies well yeah. But hey, it's happening in the U.S. and everywhere else, too. And that's an aspect of it that obviously doesn't get reported in the uh, Western MSM enough. Um, and I've, I've talked about that, too, with uh, carrot rewards and other, other ways to get healthy and fit on the, you know, you just, you, you, you get, you earn reward points that you can redeem at Canadian Tire and other places like this. And oh, by the way, you have to, you know, answer properly questions about whether or not you need to get the flu vaccine and stuff like this. So of course, of course, it's all part of a system that's coming into place right now. And this article is good because it gets into the, into something that I'd, I'd never even heard about the, the way that sites assign trustworthiness scores when you're, you're shopping and doing things online. Um, some creepy, uh, technologies in there that people might not have heard of before. Uh, I think a good article that puts this into its proper context uh, just came out in Counter Markets newsletter, which I've mentioned once before. I'll, I'll mention it here again. You can get a free copy from Counter Markets. We'll put the link in for people who are interested, but they just had a, a feature article by Nicholas West, Social Credit Systems Overt and Covert Explained, that goes through a lot of this and how it how it is happening right now in the West as well. Wake up. It's not just the Chinese social credit system. So we have talked about it before. We will talk about it again because this is the future we are mostly sleepwalking into right now. Well, and I think, you know, if we were talking about our MAGA friends earlier in this kind of situation, we can talk about our, you know, our, 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 our freaked out fake left friends and family. We're being because gaslight is a popular term, so you can use it. People know what you're talking about. I love. I saw a tweet recently that says, "You know, woke is only a word because people couldn't spell conscious." That basically we're being gaslighted, gaslit 
into believing that Russia's all the baddies, but we're being just, you know, tiptoed right along into the, the Chinese edition of, of the New World Order. And this is what, again, I feel like people have talked about for decades, but somehow people have to experience it again and again and again to maybe kind of make it sink in. It's our fake left friends that, you know, that are, are afraid of Russia in this kind of situation. And it works to kind of tiptoe each each fake side and fake box kind of along. And this all keeps rolling out. James, we went to a big box store, which shall remain nameless. We were able, we didn't actually know this, we were able to kind of recycle e-waste. And we had some old, some old stuff, a boom box and some things we wanted to get rid of. While we were there looking at some things, I'm pretty sure, and I haven't done the research to check out that indeed they have rolled these out, but I'm pretty sure the price tags that are attached to everything are all pretty much digital anymore. And they've got this extra little black circle next to them that if I didn't know better, I would say pretty much are the retina scans that look at you while you're looking at the shelf. So that I think is what a lot of this sort of sift is about. Oh, you're the customer. It's like, yeah, but we're also the, the product as well. And there was a story I covered just this past week on the morning show about China because they're evil Chicoms tracking sanitation workers with GPS bracelets that essentially bleep and tell them you've been in the place for too long, move along and clean up some other things. Well, it caused a big outcry. So they said, we're going to get rid of the thing that buzzes them and tells them to move along. We're still tracking and tracing them with GPS bracelets. We're just not going to buzz them anymore because apparently you guys got mad about it. So as, as I often say on the shows, it's a manic street preacher song. If you tolerate this, your children will be next. So let's look back here in the States as we reach our third and final story here on this New World Next Week episode. Florida will generously allow homeowners to garden in their own yards. The Florida Senate last Thursday affirmed the right of green thumbs statewide to grow vegetable gardens in their front yards. The 40-member Senate vote was 35 to 5. Senator Rob Bradley's Senate Bill 82 prohibits a county or municipality from regulating vegetable gardens on residential properties, voiding any current regulations regarding the produce patches. Local governments, however, can still adopt a local ordinance or regulation that doesn't specifically target vegetable gardens, like regulating water during drought conditions, limiting fertilizer use, or controlling invasive species. All of those things, a huge part of the food world order. The vegetable garden proposal is rooted in a legal dispute about an ordinance in Miami Shores that banned the gardens from being planted in front yards. Hermony Ricketts and Tom Carroll, who ate vegetables from their own vegetable garden for 17 years, sued the village. In November 2017, an appeals court upheld a ruling that the couple does not have a constitutional right to grow vegetables in their front yard. They appealed the ruling to the Florida Supreme Court, which declined to grant review. Ricketts and Carroll faced $50 in daily fines after the village amended its ordinance in 2013. They had to dig up their garden, which can't grow in their backyard because of a lack of sun. Now, I've covered community gardens, food sharing, and many more of these kind of ideas on my Good News Next Week episodes. And I haven't actually been able to make one in a little bit, but the one that's upcoming, the upcoming episode that's on deck kind of has stories like these in it, you know, essentially being allowed to have a lemonade stand without a permanent reel, if it pleases the crown kind of stuff, James, but we'll take some low hanging good news. I guess so. This is, this is kind of the reason that we've coined the term not unmitigated good news because yay, we're allowed to grow vegetables on our own property. Yay. 
Is that a good thing? No, that's that's just the most fundamental, basic human experience. Yes, you should be allowed to have that. Yay! It's it's a sad sign when that's a cause for celebration and excitement. The government is going to allow us to grow vegetables now. And we won't be led away in handcuffs for the crime of growing vegetables. I mean, it is, it's ridiculous. It's stupid on its face. I, in a way, those kinds of laws are actually potentially good sites of resistance because they are so stupid that they're the breaking point where even the most wide asleep normies can see this is nonsense. It's like the laws against dancing at the Lincoln Memorial or whatever. Yeah, go dance there and watch these security guards wrestle you to the ground because you're the crime of dancing or grow vegetables in your garden and get, you know, pulled away, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just so stupid that it it shows the stupidity of the system in general. But hey, Yay, now you're allowed by the crown. Oh, if it pleases the crown, uh, can I please grow garden, uh, vegetables in my own garden? Well, yes, now you can. Although they do make the point at the end of the article that this won't apply to homeowners associations or other things that might have rules against that, but that's fine. I mean, if you choose to build in a location where there is a homeowners association and you know that the rules are this and you can't paint your house this color and you can't do that, well, that's your choice. But you don't get a choice when it comes to daddy government telling you, you cannot grow vegetables in your garden. How dare you take take advantage of the natural abundance of the world? That's for government to decide whether you're allowed to do that or not. No, no, it isn't. But we all know that, right? Well, and that's, you know, we sort of, if we force these issues, like the dancing at the Lincoln Memorial, you'll find the sort of the tyranny of the state will kind of will show itself because it has to kind of lash out at those people. And I, you know, I joke oftentimes on the show, it's like, man, even people who try and make awful, awful drugs in their own bathtub, that's the giant, what, you think you're going to make your own drugs? Hell no, you'll do the drugs that we bring in for you to do. So you kind of remind me as this sort of create law. Oh, wait, we didn't think of a law for that. We'll have to do that since now you guys want to do that. We'll return one last time to my high school days as it might not be a surprise to note I was voted class clown. I was into being as disruptive as possible. That's funny. Cassie and I joke and maybe James, you and I might have the same joke. I wonder if we would have been friends in high school. Maybe not, but but maybe. So I at one point it was maybe a couple of days for whatever. It's just again I I enjoyed being disruptive. I wore roller skates. I wore roller skates in school. I came from a small high school. There were no stairs. It was easy to wear roller skates the entire day. And it was again. It wasn't that it was. It was just something they hadn't thought of saying. Oh, you can't roller skate in school. And lo and behold, it's maybe like Homer. It's like, see, because of me, now they have a warning. See, because of me, now they have a rule that says, oh, you, you can't roller skate in the halls. So it's just a constant, you know, if you're able to push their buttons, you'll find kind of what what wigs them out. And again, I found my first kind of experiences of that kind of pushing back at authority back in the public school system, which again, at least in the 80s and 90s, was maybe an easier place to push back against the system. Again, I have no idea, very much would not want to be in the school system now. James, I think we've covered a lot of really good stuff here, but I'll stop running my mouth and just remind folks that I do indeed run my mouth and stream news, music, memes, and more Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James. That was a good segue there. I can tell you're a radio man. All right. Well, we'll leave it there for this week, and let's uh, get you to run your mouth again next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, buddy. Take care.